2: And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR. Or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on
4: Fox Sports Radio. What up? Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. Hope you're great. Of course, Dan the Danettes, uh, they're already overseas in Ireland. Getting ready for next week's shows and, of course, next week's college football kickoff. And um, meanwhile, we're just a couple of couple of dudes. Me, Dan Beyer, my man Jason Stewart, John Ramos, filling in for Dan and the Danettes. The Dan Patrick Show is brought to you by PXG, PXG's new Gen 6 driver. So good, we'll bet it's better than yours. Test our Gen 6 driver, and if it doesn't deliver more distance or tighter dispersion than yours, we'll we'll give you $100. Join the Gen 6 driver challenge at PXG.com. Nobody makes golf clubs the way that we do. Period. You, You know, I... I was thinking about this, Dan. Um, the last three off seasons, maybe even four, I would challenge anyone to um, to tell me I'm wrong that maybe not i mean I think last year they they definitely did dominate discussion, uh, but maybe not in every individual week, but if you group together how many TV, radio segments of the offseason were based upon this one team. You, would, you, you might end up agreeing with me in regards to which team has been the most discussed in the NFL. And what's interesting about this team is it's like they don't exist anymore. That team's the Cleveland Browns. Because if you go back, remember... And this was several years ago, right? This would have been, I guess, six years ago that they won one game between two seasons. And then when they drafted Baker Mayfield, from that point forward, it was, you know, it was like candy to all of us, where there was always a Baker or Cleveland Browns discussion. Coaching changes, Baker's bravado. Of course, you had Cowherd talking about whether or not he did too many commercials. Dan has known so much of what's going on. In Cleveland, and then of course you fast forward to the, you know, um, when they decided to go after Deshaun Watson and Baker was kind of sent out to pasture. All of it that was, and then the guaranteed contract. Am I I wrong to think that over the last four or five years preceding this year, you could make the case that they were the most discussed team in total in the offseason?
5: I I am in lockstep with you, and I think that you could even make a case. Going back a few years prior to that, just because of Manziel and his arrival, like there was always something about the Browns, and whether it be Manziel, whether it be Baker, whether it be just that fan base in the playoff drought, there was always something there, and there there is something missing, and I don't know, like I don't know if it's because they won that playoff game against the Steelers, you know, a couple of years ago, and that ended the drought. But I don't think that that's it. I don't think that that is the issue that's why we aren't paying attention. I think that's too easy. That's low-hanging fruit because they still have a star quarterback on their team. But I kind of think it's maybe the star quarterback is the reason why we aren't paying attention anymore. I agree
4: with that. I just think we don't want to, since they're not good, and he doesn't appear to be nearly as good as he was in Houston or his reputation coming out of Houston is, it's like we don't even want to deal with it. Like, why deal with it to where you don't know that there's any story that you put out or any discussion that you have that you don't mention Deshaun Watson's, uh, you know, off the field antics from when he was in Houston, you'll get people that are like, well, why are you not talking about that? On the other hand, if you do talk about it, it doesn't feel like it fits because it was Years ago, right? It just, and then you factor in like, well, what do we really, do we need to talk about a team that won four games last year that doesn't appear? I, I just, it's, Jay Stu, why do you think they've fallen off the storyline map?
6: I think that what you just referred to. I think there is this, just some, there's creepiness and and weirdness to this Deshaun thing, and I think it's still there. So, on a national level, it is hard for people to get into this team and and break down the X's and O's without sounding either insensitive to that or if you cover it, it's a big downer. Um, And how about this? What? At least three or four quarterbacks have signed huge deals since that contract. What? Jalen Hurts and Lamar and Justin Herbert none of them have come close to that guaranteed money and i think that makes it an even bigger eyesore and how foolish the browns are and how um irresponsible they are so all this stuff are there aren't a lot of great things to discuss when it comes to their quarterback so i guess we we choose not to discuss them at all
4: it's a it's a fascinating thing though and how the i mean i'm, I'm actually watching believe it or not on espn they're Actually talking about Deshaun Watson. Um, I I just, you know, we, we go around the league and this is without any question, the most covered league. And if it's, it's, it's not just, it's not just because of the popularity numbers in terms of watching the games, but I mean, Dan Byer will tell you, he's got his, you know, his I want your flex podcast, right? Where it's the fantasy football element to it, the gambling element to it. And every major network is now covering it. I mean, you want to talk about the proliferation of sports on TV. How about the NFL being on ESPN, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and now you know, digitally on Amazon as well and the NFL network. That's seven networks covering it.
6: You know, YouTube so TV as
4: well. Oh, and YouTube I, TV, which I, it's not really a network, but it's kind of the, you know, it's like the sports grid of things where you can get a little everything. And so we're always looking for stories, and there are teams, you know, for a long time, we'll talk a little bit later about the Chargers, where they, for a long time, they've just kind of existed in anonymity, be it in San Diego or when they are playing in Carson, now not so much so. But it's really fascinating to see uh, the Browns go from the talk of the league, or at least of the media that covers the league, to... Just a team.
5: There is also something at play here, Doug, because I think that Cleveland is unique—not uh, entirely unique. I think that there are other NFL markets that are similar to it, but not many. And one of the markets is, I, I feel that is similar is Detroit. And look at how much love the Lions are getting on a season where we expect great things. And the re- and the reason that I that I bring it up is with the Browns. We, we followed them when there was dysfunction, as you mentioned. We followed them in the seasons where they won one game in those combined two seasons. And then we followed them as Baker Mayfield was leading them towards 500. And then we followed them to the playoffs. And I mentioned that win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then guess what? They fell from that. We were still kind of following that. Then Deshaun Watson becomes available, and it's done. Over with. And... The feel good story at the Lions permeates throughout the NFL. And I feel that the Browns were that that drama with the up and down. They were the, you know, maybe, you know, the the city that people don't necessarily love, but you can understand how much the fan base loves their team. And there was something about that. And I love Cleveland, by the way. I think Cleveland's a great city. But there was something about that. And now it's all gone. And I think it's just because of the signing of Deshaun Watson. They do you, could you really love playoffs.
4: Cleveland? Do you really love Cleveland? I is do it enjoy really it. I've been to city? Cleveland
5: multiple times. Uh sometime once for the NBA Finals, once on my uh, own vacation. Yeah, I've been to Cleveland three or four times. I enjoy I've it. I've been to
4: Cleveland. Yeah. I like Cleveland. I can't say that it was it's any spot that I'm like, man, this is the this is the place. Although, you I, know, I have Allie LaForce I used to uh, used to work with. Um, she's a superstar with T N T. She grew up on the lake, but uh, just outside of Cleveland, she swears by it. Again, I have yeah. no it's not I have no hatred for Cleveland. I just can't say that it would be one. They're like, man,
5: Cleveland. I'm a Midwest guy, so there's, you know ties to that, obviously. so sure. but in the Midwest
4: that. city rankings, where would that be?
5: no, it 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 wouldn't be one, but I think that people would would say that I think on the surface, if you haven't been or aren't from there, you would think that it's towards the bottom. And I really enjoy Cleveland.
4: Hmm. Yeah, there's something about it. Uh, What were you going to say, Ramos? Well, I was just going
7: to say that we had a discussion earlier, not today, but in earlier shows, about teams that are indifferent. And I always felt like the Cleveland Browns were one of those teams. Like, nobody really hated the Cleveland Browns and and more people like loved them there wasn't like this like if they went to the super bowl there wasn't going to be this backlash like ah oh, I can't stand them I hope they lose like people were like ah, it's Cleveland wins cool but now I agree with Dan that I think people have a dislike now for them and it's almost like selling your soul to to the devil kind of deal
5: outside of a Bengals or Steelers fan like I I feel that the Titans are like indifferent you know and again you know AFC South teams may feel different Jaguars a bit like that. But outside of like the Pittsburgh fans and the Cincinnati fans and and the Ravens fans in that division, I think that people would have cheered for Cleveland in the Super Bowl if their team wasn't in the Super Bowl. I think that they would have had the backing. They've got the Super Bowl drought, the drive, the fumble, all of that narrative going to it. I think people rally behind that, hoping that they win. Maybe that's the other parallel with Detroit of getting to a Super Bowl, not winning that world championship in so long. But there's just no there's not there's not even a a buzz about them at all. Like it's just it's almost like they don't even exist right now.
4: Yeah. Weird. That that that, that was that was really my point. Uh, you know, it's like you look around and there's there's just nothing. It's just nothing. And it is fascinating to see uh, how um I, I guess one player has done it, but let's be honest. I mean, a good portion of it is that they weren't any good, but I I do think it's like we would just rather not talk about them than have to kind of dig through a way to talk about them because of Deshaun Watson. Yes,
5: and, and they're not devoid of star players with Watson, with yeah. Nick Chubb, with Amari Cooper, with Miles Garrett. Like, there's – yeah – like, there's enough there to, to make you interested. And I just think that the, it just naturally happens. People just don't want to deal with them.
4: Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Doug Gottlieb in for Dan, the Danettes, along with uh, my guys, Dan Byer. Of course, Jason Stewart and John Ramos. It's the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um We've got a great next. I don't know, twenty minutes for you. We'll do some baseball first, some college football second, and look, Major League. Ba- Go ahead. I'm sorry, Dan. Okay. Um, look, the 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 idea of of having an uh, having an umpire or taking away the umpire and have. Um, having it basically called by computer or a robot or, you know, this the idea of not having a living human being calling balls and strikes is getting, we're getting, it feels like closer and closer. Right? We got AI technology, which anybody who has kids knows, kids use it to write their papers. I'm just fascinated on what actual baseball players think of the idea of having some form of robot umpire let's welcome in matt holiday of course a seven-time all-star four-time silver slugger um should be noted that his son jackson is the number one prospect in minor league baseball after being the number one pick of the orioles in the minor league draft in the in the uh, in the amateur draft going back to last year matt good morning to you um where are you on umpires as opposed to uh the robots in new york calling balls and strikes
3: well, I think that uh, I think you know AAA has the challenge um, where they can challenge. And I don't know what the exact rules are, how often you can challenge it. But um, I at least like the idea that a hitter gets gets the opportunity to challenge uh, the balls and strikes. They did it at the Futures game. Uh, it was the first time I'd seen it in person, and it was a pretty cool deal where you know that the hitter steps out, challenges, and then they go to the to the jumbotron in the outfield and it shows this uh, technology where it almost like kind of like tennis where it shows the ball coming through and then, you know, it's a ball instead of a strike or a strike instead of a ball. And then, you know, that's the result. So um, I I don't know uh, if I'm in favor of completely uh, going to, uh, a, you know, sort of this just umpires standing there relaying the, the information they're getting from, uh, the the technology, but I I think that the hitter having an opportunity to challenge one pitch in a batter, uh, I don't know what exactly you know how much or what what the rule should be, but I do like the idea in a big spot if if an umpire gets carried away with the emotions of the game or. You know, you have an umpire that's that's struggling that night and not not doing a very good job, and it's a, it's a big call, and it's a you know it's a strike three or a pitch that's a big point in the game that's going to impact the outcome of the game. That you have a chance to go to a to a you know and an, an, what however you want to phrase it, a computer or something that that's totally um, doesn't have you know take the emotion out of the game and just kind of is what it is. So uh, I I'm you know as a hitter. I, I, I like to, to be uh, right, particularly in and out. I, I understand that some of the technology might cause you know some high strikes or some low strikes, uh, maybe some breaking balls that end up almost in the dirt, catching the bottom half of the strike zone, but I'm okay with that if you get the, the in and out right. Um, I, those are the ones. You, it's really hard as a hitter to cover off the plate both away and inside at times that, that umpires give. So um, I, I am in favor of some sort of technology.
4: Yeah, I, I guess the, the fear is that it turns into football, where, you know, football replay, as good as it is and as many games as it's changed and bad calls as it's saved, we have reached the point where even on a game-winning touchdown, we got We can't just, like, celebrate organically. Hold on. we got to wait yeah. to see if that one, right? It did, takes away some of the organic nature to it, and you don't want that. In addition to which, like, I don't know. And, again, I know I, I obviously didn't play it nearly at your level. But, I don't know, kind of the, the cool thing about baseball has always been that no park is uniform, right? So, everybody has their own park rules. And no umpire's strike zone is uniform. So, hey, this guy likes the low ones. I don't know. I kind of think that's the beauty to it is the human factor. And I fear that we're taking the human factor out of it.
3: yeah. I, I see that. But I, I mean, then there's the, the idea of hitting ninety seven mile an hour fastballs where this umpire likes the likes the outside off the outside corner. That, that's great that he likes that, but that doesn't make it you know easy to hit or even possible to hit. So um I I don't know. I, I think that if we have the technology to get the balls and strikes right, I don't see why we don't use it. Um so um you know i like i said i i i'm okay with with the, the current situation but uh as a hitter there's nothing more maddening uh than having counts changed in the pitcher's favor uh because you know the you know when we have technology when when you get the from a it goes from a you know sort of a 2-1 count i'm in a good spot to a 1-2 count because he misses a a pitch uh that's clearly off the plate um so uh, I have respect for umpires. It's a hard job, and and I, I think that that all in all they do a really really good job. But uh, if we get to the point where it's quick to have you know very very accurate balls and strikes, then then I'm I'm good with getting it right over tradition. You know, in this in this situation because it doesn't take long. Uh, unlike replay in the NFL, where you have to run over and get under the hood, and somebody you know could take up to a few minutes to check it. This is this is instant. Uh, notification of of what's you know a ball or a strike. Um, how do you
4: fix the Yankees?
3: Well, I, you know I think at this point um, they've gotten a little bit old. Um, they're they're hurt. They're banged up. A lot of their pitchers are hurt. Uh, guys that they've counted on uh, to 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 really carry uh, the rotation has been has been uh, kind of a mess. Uh, so, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, obviously having a ton of money and being able to go out in the free agent market and, and buy essentially, you know, whoever you want is is a great thing. Uh, but you have to have, you have to have an influx of, of young talent, uh, you know, coming and, and being able to supplement free agents as opposed to rely on free agents. So, uh, you know, I think sometimes you just can't help injuries, you know, and, and sometimes a guy like, you know, Stan, who, uh, you know, at one point was a you know an elite player and a, and a great athlete. Um, you know, injuries have taken its toll on him, and uh, you know Rizzo hasn't hit for power this year, and, and he's had some injuries, and um, so I think you just have to be careful of, of having too many older players that that are uh, somewhat injury prone or, or starting to head in that you know sort of down part of their career where. Um, and then it really tests your depth of, of how good your young your young players are, and, and um, they they just haven't performed maybe to what they thought. So I think it's been kind of a culmination of, of a lot of, of things going wrong uh, this year. And, you know, several teams have had that. You know, you had the Mets and the Padres and the Cardinals. All also, um, you know, coming into this season, we all would have would have guessed with you know with the new with an extra playoff spot that all those teams would have been. Uh, probably right in the middle of, of, of playoffs, but you know, it looks like none of them will, will be in. So, uh, it's baseball can be weird like that, where you know a couple key injuries and, and a, you know a, a couple guys have down years, and next thing you know, uh, you know it, it can look really bad.
4: Yeah, are they built for the? past era, right? How much of it is injuries, but how much of it is, like, look, baseball has dramatically changed. You and I talked about this in person, talked a bit on my, about it, on my show, which is now athleticism and now a priority on the base pass. It's a priority. You, ha- you have to be able to cover your position, can't hide you with the shift, right? Yeah. And uh, it, it feels like it's, it's a different sport and so the construct of teams has to be different, and these teams are just slow to adjust to everything that's changed within mm-hmm. this season.
3: Yeah, I mean that's definitely a good point. Um, I do think that sometimes you, you you're you are you're, you're, you're sort of tied to contracts, right? So you're you're tied into some, some, some contracts that that uh, that you've already signed, you know, sort of pre shift and pre um you know looking at the game a little bit differently with with athleticism but i do think you're right in that it is it is uh a more athletic game i think you know the ability to manufacture runs and um you know to to do things a little different it's coming back around uh you know to where we had gotten to the point where it was sort of everybody just wanted you know home run hitters and and uh guys that walk and um you know play play that and and now it looks like
4: did we lose him or is that me? Uh, okay, with, 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 with us, Matt, we'll get him back in, in one second. This is the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Matt Holiday's our guest, seven-time All-Star, four-time Silver Sluggers. We're, we're discussing things in Major League Baseball. I do right. If there, there he is. There he is. Matt, let yeah, me – let, let, let me – let me – the Dodgers have won 10 in a row. Now, mm-hmm. I, I think we can all say, hey, the Braves are the best team in baseball and and be okay with that. Uh, this was, it felt like, like a transition year for the Dodgers. So they really didn't do much, fix the bullpen, fix the rotation. Everybody thinks they're going after Shohei and then going to fix things next year. But now you're sitting at 73 and 46 winners of 10 games in a row. Um, how much of this is real and how much of this is just a heater?
3: I think they're good. I mean, I think they're, uh, you know, they still have a lot of great players. I mean, they have two of the best players in the league with Mookie Betts and and Freddie Freeman uh, they still have Clayton Kershaw, who when he healthy is is pitching like he, you know, peak Clayton Kershaw. Um, they still have a, they, they've done an incredible job despite picking uh, later in the first round, uh, you know, and then not having a ton of high drafts of of developing a lot of really good young players and a lot of impact pitchers. Uh, so when they go to their farm system, it seems like the guys they bring up uh, come up with and, and have an impact. And, and so they have some, they have some sneaky, sneaky good players, and like Will Smith, and and some of these guys that, you know, out on the West Coast maybe don't get the love that they would if they played on the East Coast. So, I think they're, they, they, uh, they just continue to 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 be good and roll out, uh, you know, division winning seasons, and and so, uh, I think they're good. I mean, I just they have experience. a lot of their their uh, their their players, their their veteran players have won a World Series, and I just think. Um, you know they're they're going to be tough out, and and, uh, and I, I think that they they play well at home. Uh, it's a very tough place to go in and win at Dodger Stadium. So uh, I definitely think that that uh, they might be flying under the radar a little bit with with the way as good as the the Braves have played. Uh, but I, I think the Dodgers are in, are going to be right in the middle of of, uh, of the National League when it comes to playoff time.
4: Awesome stuff. Matt, thanks so much for joining us, dude. Have a great day. Uh, good luck in the, whatever pickleball you're, game, you're playing in today, and we'll talk soon, okay?
3: Okay. All right. Thanks, Doug. Uh,
4: Matt, Matt Holiday, pickleball, All-American, uh, burgeoning pickleball star who also played 15 years in the major leagues and was a seven-time All-Star and four-time Silver Slug. Fox Sports Radio has the
2: best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our
4: shows at foxsportsradio.com.
2: And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
4: Dan, I, I wanted to start with, and for people who don't know, okay, so my show is daily 3 to 5 Eastern time. On Fox Sports Radio, foxsportsradio.com, iHeart app. And, of course, we have an hour live podcast that's from 5 to 6. You can pick it up, whatever, but we do it, you know, in the third hour of the show. Dan, of course, part of that show. And then Dan has his own show on weekends. Plus, he has his own uh, I Want Your Flex podcast, which will, I would encourage you to download because it will get you ready for this upcoming NFL season. But I, I, I want to start with the Michael Orr story, only in that, look, there's all kinds of little stories we can get to. Right, Brock Purdy throws has thrown ten camp interceptions. I don't know if we care about that or the Trey Lance. Do they even want him in San Francisco? Uh, we could get to the the abject disaster, which is the Eric Bieniemy relationship right now with the Washington Commanders. Um, there's only one quasi hold out, it's Josh Jacobs, but you feel like he's going to show up right before the first week of the season and then play on that franchise tag because he doesn't really have any options. Uh, there's lots of little stories we could get to, but th- this is a story that it, Jay Stu, I, I thought you said it best, right? It crosses, there's so many different elements to it, right? But the, I think the overarching thing is, and this is, this is kind of where we are as a society, Okay, so stick with me for a second. Um, In my lifetime, there's, you know, 10 of these sorts of stories, right? Of guy from nothing, Jimmy Butler was once homeless, right? Now he's Jimmy Buckets. Kurt Warner was stocking shelves at a grocery store while playing in Europe and Arena League or whatever, and then becomes the NFL's MVP and a Hall of Fame quarterback. There are... We we by the way we never do riches to riches. No one ever grew up with money. No one's ever like, "Man, I grew up. I had no issues. Three-car garage. And oh yeah, by the way, I made it." Everybody it's rags to riches, but these top them all. In the uh changing someone's life through helping by 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 helping from a family. There's so many elements to it, right? This is in Memphis, Tennessee. Um and you have white family black athlete you have kid comes from uh, no means and mom with personal issues to a solid stable family that it become literally became what we would call again this is child of the 80s it's an afternoon special right? you guys remember we used to what days were those on guys where you get home and there's an afternoon school special and I mean, we're all, for sure they were never on Fridays I felt like Wednesday I felt like Wednesday yeah. was the after school special Right? And maybe now you say, well, it's a lifetime movie. But this was a real movie because we were told it's a real story because it's a real book. And you take all the other elements to it. And to start the week, you felt like, oh, my gosh, this family taking, was taking advantage of this kid. Like, this is terrible. The entire story appeared to be fraudulent because based upon one lawsuit, um, there are allegations that they fleeced him. They literally exploited his name, image like this. Of course, now as the other side of the story comes out and other pieces come out, uh, the most recent part, Dan, and I know you know this, I don't know if everybody else has been paying attention because I just, this story, I don't know if I can't get enough of, but I, I just want to see it play out before I make some true determination into what and who I believe. The latest is that um, the Tui family doesn't want to, be, to, to have a conservative ship anymore. And, of course, the lawyer came out with some stinging barbs going back two days ago. And Michael Lewis, who, of course, was the author and then helped write the movie, Michael Lewis has come out and said, look, this is a Hollywood thing, essentially saying it's a bad contract and Hollywood made $300 million and these people only made 300 grand, which they split up evenly amongst everybody. I don't know, it's just a fascinating story, yeah. Dan. I you you and I we work together every day, but we haven't because you've been filling in for Cavino and Rich who've been filling in for 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 Dan. Um, where are you on this whole
5: thing? Did a complete one eighty. If you would have talked to me on Monday, I would have been like, gosh, how how dare they do this to Michael Orr? Yeah. How dare they do this? Twenty four hours later I'm like, This is bogus. And the reason is is because it just felt who had the most to gain in all of this. And then I found out that Michael Orr's got a book out or coming out or is out and had been making some of the media rounds with some of this. And then I thought, Doug, to myself, how in the world could this family have imagined that this story would be not only turned into a movie? But make the, what, $300 million that you said that it ended up making that would lead to Sandra Bullock winning an Oscar for? There is no possible way that that family could have known that, or have this be the plan for it to work out for them to then want to screw
4: Michael Orr over and not give him any money. Yeah, I I just, we, we do this all the time, though. Right. And I'm not I'm not saying just you. I I saw it in real time with so many people in the media. Um, I I don't know what becomes of the Brett Favre story. But remember, there was a a good week last year during football season where Brett Favre was the worst human being on Earth. Now, I I don't think that some of the ways in which he went about trying to raise money for the facilities at Southern Miss um, were perfect. But I, I also think that as more and more evidence comes out, it doesn't appear that there's any sort of way in which he thought, okay, they're going to use welfare money, right? Like, it's one thing to, to call somebody who's got a grant, who's sitting on cash and go like, hey, man, can you donate to my school? This will really help me out. This really help us out. It's a whole other thing to say, like, could you use the money meant for welfare recipients in the poorest state in the union? Let's take food literally out of mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters hands and put it into a volleyball facility right there's a difference there and i i get it right like when when salacious accusations come out it's like it's like cocaine to all of us in the media we're like oh my gosh we gotta but we we do it all the time and uh yeah now when it comes out i I, look i think the the truth lies somewhere uh in the middle I, I did think it was a little much. Now, here's where I knew there was something up for a long time is I've, I think all of us on some level have had Michael Oran back when he was a young, burgeoning, we thought would be star in the NFL and because we knew the story. But I I don't think he's ever spoken about it because I every time I've ever had him on or asked to have him on, I've gotten the, hey, look, you can have him on. He's great. You, but you, you can't talk about the He do not want to talk about the, the blind side He want to talk about him, how he's raised What were you saying, Chase? Go ahead
6: there, There's one exception, remember When he wrote his first book I think it was 2011, he did a media tour And that was, I think it was called Against All Odds or something like that Or maybe I'm confusing it with a Phil Collins song But, <laughs> or maybe, but um, he did address a lot of this He wanted to kind of um, set straight the record From his actual story to the story in the movie I just don't think he went This hard at the family back then.
4: Well, there's obviously. I mean, this is is this one that we're coming back from, right? Like, there's this one's a that's going to be hard to rebuild any sort of relationship there. Right? Hey, listen, I I know I accused you of stealing fifteen million dollars from me, but we're good now, right? I'll tell you what. Yes, on
5: the surface it does sound like that, but if this if the family dynamic was the same in both ways. I think you'd be surprised at what could heal. It's crazy as it sounds. Like the accusations, if if you know one of us did it to the other person, there would be no relationship, even though we work closely together. But if this is supposed to be the family unit, that and it works for both sides. Maybe the Tui family feels one way, and or obviously feels the other way. But if if that is still there, I th- I think that there could be amending, no matter how horrendous this.
4: It's interesting Scott. you point that out because I would agree with you. I do think that all relationships, when they're based, you know, when you dig through all the gobbledygook, right, you go through, I mean, obviously you'd have to go through a lot of therapy, you know, I still think there's probably a tremendous amount of love and, you know, what happens is people stop talking. And I'm, and I'm like, again, I'm totally guessing from 30,000 feet here, Sure, but you're guessing that here's Michael or who is on a, Trajectory to success to making a hundred million dollars, his NFL career didn't work out, right? And now he starts looking through things, and people have been saying like, "Bro, you made how much from that movie? You made what? Excuse me? You know?" And you know, you get around people who continue to kind of stoke that fire, and you don't actually sit down and have conversations with it. It's no different than any sort of marriage breakdown or fa- uh, family breakdown when you stop talking you start making up the stories in your head and you start taking snippets of what other people say to you and you make create a narrative of your own and there there is yeah. definitely a, a room room for redemption especially if there's if there if it truly is kind of based upon you know love and and appreciation for each other i just we're not close to that point right now cuz right? cuz yeah. it's not like michael is like yeah hey my bad
5: yeah, it's way off, way off in the distance. And I also, I also find an interesting, Doug, from what you said at the outset of the show, specifically with this show that we are currently sitting in, uh, sitting in for the guys for, the Dan Patrick show. And what is the conversation about Rudy and what Joe Montana said about the movie Rudy? Nobody wants to believe it. No, n- nobody wants to believe that this great blindside story. Didn't actually turn out like this, or actually wasn't like this, and that's the part that's like if we found out that in Hoosiers, you know, Jimmy doesn't make the shot. If that you know didn't happen and it was a fictional story, we'd be like, oh, it's kind of a letdown. But then we feel like, hey, this did happen. It's happened at Milan High School in the 1950s. This actually happened. There's something that is tied to it, and so now to have this, I feel that there's a different emotional reaction. Because you want to believe it's true. I mean, how many years ago did Joe Montana try to shoot down the Rudy you know script on this show and the guys still talk about it? And I think that's a part of this as well and why for everything that you said at the outset of why it still affects us right now is because the story was so good. I don't know if it's you know too good to be true, but we don't want it to not be that story.
4: Is the Kurt Warner the only story that's too good to be true that really is? Right. Yeah. I mean, that one's pretty amazing if you really kind of get down to it. Like he, <laughs> he goes from Arena League and then playing in Europe and really the third string quarterback with the Rams. The grocery to
5: store. The stocking. grocery store thing. Yes. To the,
4: to the greatest show on turf. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, the other element to it was, you know, he we, with the bad was a finger or a hand when he was in New York. They couldn't play him. Like, he went—this was my thing. I, Kurt's a friend, and he's an awesome, awesome dude. And by the way, like, I don't know how many people know this. He's got a gym at his house, and so he always has people over to play, like, four-on-four. Four. It's, like—it's kind of, like, it's like three-quarter court length. And you always want to be on Kurt's team because he does make every call. and makes a lot of shots, but he's getting the calls. Anyway, uh, but, like, his Hall of Fame— resume was hard because he had like four years where he's arguably or inarguably the best quarterback in the league, but he had like five years where he couldn't really play. Like he was bad and he was a backup. Like within the context of his, that's not even taking into account how he made the league, etc. But he, the the thing about Kurt is like he made it from nowhere, then lost it, then was a backup, then made it again in Arizona. Like it's crazy. And it's one of those, like, there's no way. It's too good to be true. And it's not. But the ore story does appear to be, at least on some level, too good to be true. I just wish we could kind of like. Um you guys ever seen Mystery Science Theater 3000? Long time ago, but yes. Okay, so Mystery to J. Stu, you didn't say anything, so you've never
6: seen no, it? No, I remember it. It's kind of, and then Cheap Seats came after it, kind of ripped it off. Right, right.
4: And it's basically, you know, you had, the idea was these, uh, this guy and a robot, and I, was there like a dog or something? Can't remember. But they're, they're stuck in space, and so they have to watch these terrible B movies, because it's the only thing that they have. And they just make smart-ass comments the entire time. Right. I or I just wish we had like Michael Orr while that movie's being played and say like, well here's what really happened. Yeah, that's not really how it took place. I don't know, that that may be a bummer too, so I'm not I'm not sure. Okay, so Dan's done a one eighty. Where are you, Jay Stu, on this story? Who do you believe as of Thursday, August seventeenth?
6: It sure doesn't look good for Michael Orr's side of the story. Um and I think when the receipts come out, I think the family's probably going to um, come out looking like they didn't do a whole lot wrong here. I think it's sad, though. Uh, Rich Ornberger was in for, for you earlier in the week. And he had said something along the lines of, this is sad regardless, because if this is a pure money play, that means Michael probably went through all of his money, which is sad. Uh, because you can't spend that money. That that means you got bad advice, financial advice, and uh, he wouldn't be the first nor the last. But the whole thing just stinks. I think I was at that phase on Monday, and I'm still at that phase. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of where it's at. It, it's it seems to be leaning towards the family, but I think we'll uh, we'll reserve all final opinions.
4: Uh, John Ramos, how about you?
7: Uh, I just think I agree with Jason. I just think it's sad. It's sad that something that was so powerful, you know, winning uh, Sandra Bullock an Oscar and just kind of being a, a good, feel-good story has come to this level is, right now. Is so. it
5: sad or is it too bad? Because there are levels. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> like that's oh, too bad. I'll go with sad, but you All right, go you're gonna bad. go to, I'm going to go that's too bad. You're going to go with that's too bad, go, that's too bad yeah. not
6: sad? Yeah. I really I thought say. Dan was was doing the lyrics of an '80s uh, pop band. Or something. No, I really but I did, did yeah. want
5: to say, remember
6: when Michael Orr sat
5: down and said, "Take a look at me now," after you made your "Against All Odds" reference. Ah, nice. <laughs> uh,
4: Phil Collins is one of those guys. He went bald early, Jeez. so you never—he never really aged, even when he aged. Right? It's one of those. I, I was. I, I, I took one of my daughters to a barbecue joint yesterday, and we walked by a guy, and I said, like, Grace, did you see that guy's hair? She's like, yeah, what about it? I go, like, did you look a little closer? She's like, no, I was like, dude, that's the worst rug I've ever seen. Uh-huh. And But he was a young guy. He's a good-looking dude, but, you know, I mean, he had, like, the, the it looked like the whole top was gone, and then he had some real hair on the side. And I don't know. If it was a chia pet, like, planted in there, or if it was just one of those sticker things going on, I don't know. But it, it looked bad. It's just like one of those you want to grab and go, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, it's okay. People are bald today.
7: I've always had a very good inkling for calling out or knowing someone with a toupee since I was young in my younger days. I agree.
4: My my <laughs> gaydar, be, my gaydar been, yeah. is bad. My gaydar is bad. But my radar on hair pieces is good. Right? I don't know if you guys – like, I, I don't – I think some people have both. Some people have neither. That, that's where mine breaks down. But I, anyway, I just wanted to, like, you want to grab him and go, like, look, dude, you're a young guy. You're in good shape. You got a good-looking girlfriend. Like, just shave it, right? And then, eventually, you'll never age. Like, yeah, you were bald at, like, I don't know, he probably looked like he was 30. Like, all right, you're bald at 30. It sucks. Really, really, really hard. Okay, but... Like, you know, it's a good hat collection you can go through, and bald's <laughs> kind of beautiful and cool and kind of masculine. And, you know, by the time you get to 50, you won't look 50, you'll still look 40, right? That's the Phil Collins thing.
5: John, is this superpower only with toupees, or does it work with wigs as well? It works with everything. All right. Yeah.
7: But it works with what else? Wigs.
5: I don't wigs. know if it was just or, male-specific uh, Extensions,
7: things like that. Extensions,
4: yeah. wigs. Yep, I'm good at yeah. all of that stuff. I like that. We need to have the, this needs to be part of the next John Ramos show. Just... <laughs> be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays
2: at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio
0: app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for— Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
8: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock.
9: And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers, you can trade with friends to compete.
1: It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details.
4: I'm Dan Patrick, Earl Rosan. on here on Fox sports radio, Doug Gottlieb, Dan Byer in for Dan and Danettes. Um, we do something in the Doug Gottlieb show daily, three to five Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific that, uh, you know there's an expression in baseball like, well, I, that's baseball. It's it's kind of like when when a when a woman, girlfriend, significant other, daughter or whatever, when they have sort of bizarre up and down emotional behavior and you're just like, women, right? <laughs> women. And we're we We know what you mean, but we don't know what you mean because we, these guys, we don't really understand it sometimes, right? Well, in baseball, something doesn't make sense. Just how do you explain a guy who, you know, is normally a 220 hitter punching Judy, and now he's hitting 330 for the year? (laughs) That's baseball. It's time for... That's baseball. Here's an example. Cody Bellinger got a couple hits last night and the Cubs dramatic come from behind win at Wrigley against the White Sox. How about this? Cody Bellinger improved his average to .327. He owns an OPS of .932. 18 home runs, 59 RBI. And by the way, he's almost single-handedly helped the resurgence, led to the resurgence of the Cubs this year. Bellinger is expected to cash in this offseason as a free agent. All of this after spending the last three years with the Dodgers... Looking lost at the plate, All right? Like somebody get that dude a compass and a Thomas Guide because he is lost. How do you explain that kind of turnaround? That's baseball.
2: That's baseball.
4: Okay, um, this one hits close to home. Angels left hander Reed Detmers came six outs short of pitching his second career no hitter last night as the Angels beat the Rangers, took one game at least from the series. Two, 2 nothing. Detmers threw a no-hitter last season. Did you know there's a list of Hall of Famers who never threw a no-hitter? I mean, the greatest pitcher of my lifetime is Pedro Martinez. Nope. Greg Maddox, Roger Clemens, Steve Carlton. H- how do you explain that Detmers has one, almost had a second, and they have none? That's baseball.
2: That's baseball.
4: And finally... The Dodgers won their 10th straight game last night, which shouldn't be surprising given their success in the month of August in recent years. L.A. is playing 800 ball in the last four years in August. 800. Want to know the record in those last four years? 78 and 20. How do you explain a team that plays that well in that month and, by the way, struggles a lot in October? That's baseball.
2: That's baseball.
4: All right. I'm told that Dan Byer has some more uh, memorabilia items up for bid. That, other, is, that is true,
5: Doug, and our game of the price is right. Right now, the Dodgers are so red hot, you couldn't even put a price on their winning streak. We've got some things that are maybe a little bit more affordable. Uh, again, that Doug Gottlieb autographed lanyard from NBA Con last month in Las Vegas, still available on eBay for twenty nine ninety nine. We did have an Aaron Rodgers item up for sale a bit earlier. The scoreboard, by the way, Doug, you lead three uh, with three points. John Ramos has two, Jason Stewart has one one final three items here we had an Aaron Rodgers autographed helmet worth just shy of $1300 my question is how much is an autographed Mark Sanchez Jets helmet on eBay John Ramos we'll start with you
4: 250 $250 250 all right Doug Two hundred fifty dollars or two dollars fifty cents. <laughs> two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, I'm gonna go half of that. Buck twenty five. All right,
5: Jason Stewart. I'm gonna go two dollars and fifty cents. All right, nobody wins because I couldn't find one. There is not an Perfect. autographed <laughs> Jets helmet. Yeah, I am on, sorry, dude. Mark Sanchez. We have
4: done you so dirty. What if they would have? What if they would have sold the helmet and then the the pants attached to the, to, a, to the attached to it, right? The for the, from the butt bumble. <laughs> That's priceless,
5: Doug. All right, what about an autographed Jordan Love, camouflaged? Packers mini helmet. This is on the heels of Rogers. What about an autographed Jordan Love camouflage Packers mini helmet? Jason Stewart, your bid?
6: Uh, let's see, one hundred and one, one hundred and one dollars, one hundred and one. John Ramos,
7: uh, I'll say fifty dollars. And Doug. I'm
6: going to go 102.
7: Ah, oh,
5: Doug, you get this one. Your fourth one. $187.49 it could be yours. Okay, the final final item of this auction, even though Doug has won the game, an autographed Dallas Cowboys white mini helmet that's autographed by Johnny Manziel that also says Bleep Jerry Jones on it. John Ramos, how much would you pay for this? Uh, $150. Buck 50. 150. All right, Doug.
4: How much would I pay, or how much is yes. it, would how it much go for? Online, it? yes. How much oh. is it going for? I'll go 151.
5: 151 and Jason Stewart. I'm 152. It's Jason Stewart's because it can be yours with profanity and all for 325 dollars. There it is. Our Price Is Right auction of sports. We need to do a. We need
4: to do a stay-at-home show uh, hierarchy at some point, right? Because Price Is Right was part of it. I mean, I used to. I had cable as a kid, so you had Heathcliff and uh, uh, you can't do that on television. And you had, uh, what else did you have? Yeah, a lot of stuff. All right, this is the Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Thanks to the boys. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe
9: that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam,
4: or a base hit to center field.